0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Redeemed Christian Church of God Friends Parish, Camberwell, London. Tonight we are having our Bible study session. I want to start off by appreciating everybody on this call tonight, everyone who's, who's participated, who has contributed, who have shared in one way or the other from, from our scripture of reference tonight, which is Luke and chapter 9 now very quickly for the next uh, 25 so minutes let's go through these uh, um, very quickly verse by verse so that we make sure that uh, uh, that we cover every single verse in this scripture alright so very quickly without any further delays let's go straight to verse 1 of Luke and chapter 9 so verse 1 say, reads Jesus called the disciples uh, together and gave them the power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases. Now, now let's stop there for a minute. So, Jesus first called his disciples. And then he gave them the power and authority. So, it's almost as if Jesus did something to them in order to endow them with power and authority to cast out demons and cure diseases. So there was something Jesus did there. Okay. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you, uh, you agree with me that this is very different from waking up one morning without prayer or without relying on the Holy Spirit and saying that, I say that one is going out in the name of the Lord. Now, something we need to remember here is that Jesus actually sent his disciples out. He sent them out. And before he did that, verse 1 says, He called the twelve together and gave them the power and authority to drive out demons and, and to cure diseases. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to make something very clear here very quickly. That the reason, the reason demons flee it's not because of you and I. The reason uh, we can speak—I uh, mean, lay hands on the sick and pray for them, and they become well—is not because of you and I. It's because of the Jesus in us. Hallelujah. If we remember uh, last uh, um, last week when we read Luke uh, and, and chapter eight. Remember the um, the uh, 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 the crazy man that Jesus met uh, um, on the other side of the lake. Remember that that when this crazy man saw Jesus, the demons inside of him started screaming, saying, "Please don't persecute us! Oh Lord, what a oh Lord Jesus! Why are you here? You here? Oh, you're here to bring us trouble! Blah blah blah." Now, ladies and gentlemen, when. Uh, and also, if you remember, throughout scripture, we read that, that the sick, the possessed, when they see Jesus, they start crying out. Jesus didn't even have to say a word to them when they saw Jesus. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the reason we can lay hands on the sick, the reason demons flee is not because of you or me, but it's because of the Jesus in us. Hallelujah. And that's, exactly, and, and that's exactly the same thing that happened here with, with the disciples. This is why verse 1 says, Jesus called his disciples together and gave them the power and the authority. Because the authority over serpents and scorpions and over all of the powers of the enemy is with Jesus. The authority belongs to Jesus. the power belongs to jesus so now when when you and I partner with Jesus by um, by giving our lives to Christ, he endows us with that power he endows us with that responsibility so everywhere you go, you represent Jesus everywhere I go do, uh, when the kingdom of darkness or whatnot sees me or sees you, they don't see Sarah, they don't see Beju, they don't see Mulero, they don't see Sil, they see Jesus. Hallelujah. So this is why, this is why we are nothing without Jesus. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've heard people say, but hold on a second, but, but do I really need to give my life to Christ? But, but I can be a good person. You know, I can do good and, um, uh, and I cannot hurt anybody. But that's the same thing as being a Christian. No, it's not. There is uh, um, being godly and being goodly are two different things. Uh, the difference between a godly person and a goodly person is that though a goodly person and a godly person would a lot of the times share similar moral templates, but a godly person is also endowed with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit in us, the Jesus that is in us, is what gives us the power to truly be Christians. This is why the scripture says, For as many that are led, By the Spirit of God, it is them that have been given the power to be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. So let's go for that very quickly. Verse 2. Then he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now, ladies and gentlemen, in verse 2 we read that Jesus gave them power and authority. He didn't just give them power and authority and left them dormant. He didn't just give them the power to do great things, but left them alone and said, okay, well, now you got the power, it's all good. No, he sent them out. Ladies and gentlemen, he sent them out to go and preach the gospel and go and heal the sick. Look at that. He, he sent them out to go and put that authority and power to work. What is the benefit of giving you a skill that you don't use? What is the benefit of giving you authority that is dormant? Ladies and gentlemen, just being a figurehead, you have power but you have no influence. So Jesus endowed his disciples with power and authority and then he sends them forth to go out and preach, to go out and, and actually make a difference to go out and use the gifting that is the gifts is giving them to actually put those gifts to work. So now I want to start off by asking everybody on this call a question. You have been a Christian. From the time you became a Christian, from the time you gave your life to Christ, the Spirit of God came down on you. The Lord endowed you with power and, uh, and, and confessed to you as, as a witness. Uh, what have you been doing with that power? How many people have you gone out to this year? How many many people have you told about Jesus this year? How many people have you told about Jesus this week? I know today is Wednesday. Because you have an authority and you have the power of Christ in you that is laying dormant. Remember Jesus said that we are his ambassadors. Which uh, The word ambassador means a representative. So we are supposed to go out and tell the world about Jesus. Now, when you meet a sick person, maybe a colleague that is sick, uh, your colleague in the office says, oh, I've got a headache. Oh, I'm feeling a bit unwell. Have you ever offered to actually pray with them? If you truly believe in, if you truly believe in prayer, have you ever offered to pray? Or is the first thing you tell them, oh, you might want to go and get ibuprofen? Because in your eyes, ibuprofen is, more, is a lot more powerful than Jesus. Hashtag, is Lemzip more powerful than Jesus? Is Paracetamol more powerful than Jesus? So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to ask you this question today. Do you really believe that Jesus is more powerful? Because remember that we've read about Jesus healing the sick, um, opening the eyes of the blind, raising the dead, healing leprosy. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know leprosy still has no cure till today? But Jesus healed leprosy in the past. Do you really believe in Jesus, because if you do, you will be you will be more inclined to want to recommend Jesus than recommend medicine. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying Jesus and medicine are, are mutually exclusive. No. No, they are not, ladies and gentlemen. Please no. But the point I'm making is how many times have you ever said to somebody, Do you mind if I if, if I pray with you? Can I pray with you over this? Remember that you are a Christian. Remember that, that Jesus has already given you the authority and the power to do these things. Remember. Remember that it's not about you. It's about the Jesus in you. Hallelujah. Remember that, that, that he has nothing to do with you. When the enemy sees you, they don't, uh, they don't see you as powerful. They see the power in you. They see Jesus when they look at you. It is the, it, it is the Jesus in you that they bow to. It is the Jesus in you that the sickness sees and runs away, not you. So if you understand that you carry in your belly Jesus, then how often have you put put, put that power to work? How often have you gone out and told somebody about the goodness of Christ? Remember that your job and my job is to teach the gospel. It is to tell somebody about Jesus. Do you know that is the only requirement? It is not you that heals. It is not you that saves. You cannot convince somebody to become a Christian. It is the Holy Spirit that does the work, not you. Your job is to plant the seed. And somebody else will come and water the seed by by means of encouragement. But it is God that brings the increase. It is God that transforms a person from the inside out. Hallelujah. So, So you need to understand that. That you are just called to tell somebody about Jesus. It could be as simple as saying, Dude, do you know that Jesus loves you? If you don't know that, you might want to know that right about now. You've just told somebody about Jesus. Do you know that statement is a seed you have sown in their lives? Hallelujah. Let's, let's go on very quickly. So verse 3, look at this. So he says, after saying to them, take nothing with you for the trip. No walking stick, no beggar's bag, no food, no trainers, no money, no toothbrush, no toothpaste, not even a comb, no makeup, no nothing. No no underwear, nothing. Just take nothing with you, not even an extra shirt. Verse four, wherever you are welcomed, stay in the same house until you leave that town. Verse five, wherever people don't welcome you, leave that town and dust of the dust from your feet as a warning to them. Hallelujah. So ladies and gentlemen, I know we've talked about this uh, verse 3 extensively, glory to God, what was we're sharing. So Jesus sends his disciples out and tells them to take absolutely nothing with them. No security. Take nothing with you. How many of us feel happier on payday? How many of us feel more powerful on payday? When we have a bit of money in our accounts, we feel like we can take on the world. But when funds start running low, it affects our self-esteem. How many of us have noticed ups ups and downs in our moods, depending on how much money we have in our account? Ladies and gentlemen, some people see money as a source of security, as a source of strength. Jesus says, take nothing with you. He sends his disciples out, telling them to take absolutely nothing. And then, but verse 4 is now the key. It's where the key actually is here. It says, wherever you are welcomed, stay. Stay in that house until your work in that town is done and leave. And then verse 5 says, where people don't welcome you. So which meant Jesus was telling his disciples that some people will be kind to you and some people will not give a damn about you. Some people will care for you, and some people will not. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus just painted a picture of what life is like. Things will not always go your way. People will not always be generous to you. You will meet kind people, and you will meet people that are not so kind. You meet generous people, and you meet people that are not so generous. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus could have prepared the way that only that his disciples will only meet the the generous ones. Jesus could have done it that his disciples will only meet the people that will be kind to them. But Jesus did not want his disciples living in in an illusion. You see, some people have a very very um, um, some people have created an illusion of the world of reality for themselves. There are people that believe that everybody in the world are good. And they live like that, believing everybody in the world are good. And some people also believe that everybody in the world are bastards. So they choose to trust nobody. Some people live like that. But ladies and gentlemen, the truth about reality is that in life you meet a mix of people. Even in the church, ladies and gentlemen, you meet a mix of people. You meet, you, meet people uh, you meet people at different levels of spiritual growth in the church. So, but Jesus wanted his disciples to understand that even though that they were on a mission, a journey of faith, that they should not expect everybody to be kind to them. But rather, look at look at what he teaches them there in verse 5. He says, whenever people don't welcome you, when you go and tell somebody about Jesus, when you're good to somebody and they do not receive you, Jesus says, leave that town and shake the dust off your feet as a warning to them. He didn't tell them to get mad or get even. He didn't tell them to go into a strop or have an attitude. He told them, leave. Take your peace with you. And ladies and gentlemen, there is a great lesson for us how to learn here at Christians. You know sometimes you, you be good to somebody but instead they treat you nasty in return? Jesus says, just leave. Don't get mad. Don't get even. Just leave. A very important point I want to make from verse 3 very quickly. When Jesus told his disciples, take nothing with you, he was saying to them, I have already made a way for you. I have already gone ahead of you. Ladies and gentlemen, there is nothing you need that Christ has not made provision for. There is nothing you need that Christ has not already made provision for in the book of Genesis. we read that when God created the world, you see God created the garden, the Bible says God planted the garden and then he put Adam in it. God did not create Adam and then and then start thinking, oh what, what would he need? Man was made on the sixth day, so God had been working. Five days ahead before man was created. What does that tell you about God? Before you were put on this earth, before you were born, God had gone ahead of you to make provisions for everything that you will need. Right down to the nitty gritties. Right down to where you will live, what family you will be born in, who you're going to get married to, how many kids you're going to have. God already, he had already gone ahead of you to make provisions for that. And that was something he was now trying to teach these disciples. This is why the scripture teaches us that, uh, that we should be anxious for nothing. It says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, thank God. And with your prayers and your supplications, with thanksgiving, ask God for what you need. But the important thing is be anxious for nothing. Jesus said, don't even worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear or, or, or who your friends are going to be, where you're going to work, what job you're going to do, how you're going to pay your rent, how, how, what the mortgage is due, where am I going to get money for clothes for the kids. The Bible says, do not worry about any of that because God has got your back. Hashtag God's got you. As a child of God, God's got you. Hallelujah. And that's what Jesus was saying to his disciples. He was saying to them, guys, just go. I got you. So somebody needs to to know that Jesus is saying to you in this year, 2017, I got you. Jesus, I've got your back. You you don't need to know how it's going to happen or where it's going to happen from or how God is going to do it. That's none of your business. All you need to know is that he's got you. Hallelujah. Verse 6, very quickly. The disciples left and traveled through all the villages, preaching the good news and healing people everywhere. So disciples did it. They went around preaching and healing. And yes, where they preached the gospel, some people accepted the gospel, some didn't. Hallelujah. And And everybody that they laid hands on received the healing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not everybody that's going to receive the word of God. Look, I am your pastor and I'm not deceived. It's not everybody that will listen. It's not everybody that will take the gospel seriously. It's not everybody that, that will subscribe to the things of God. When Jesus went to preach, everybody didn't listen to him. But ladies and gentlemen, the reality is that for those that do choose to listen, they will see the glory of God. And for the ones whose hearts are hardened, this is where we as Christians now show love, that we pray for these ones and say, Father, please don't let these ones be lost. Hallelujah. Verse 7, When Herod, the ruler of Galilee, heard about all the things that were happening, he was very confused. Because some people were saying that John the Baptist had come back to life others were saying that elijah had appeared and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life herod said i had john's head cut off but who is this man i hear these things about and he, and he kept Trying to see Jesus. Now, ladies and gentlemen. Now, obviously, think about it. Where after Jesus healed Jairus' his daughter, and people, and and the blind people started confessing that Jesus healed them, and and the and, and the deaf were walking, and people and the, and people were just being blessed, and, and miraculous signs happening. News got up to the king. Let me put it this way to you, ladies and gentlemen. If all of a sudden. People start coming to friends' parish and they are healed of cancer and they are healed of HIV. Don't you think the Queen of, of Great Britain will show up one day? Yeah. Think about it. Don't, if, if in our churches, cancer sufferers are being healed and HIV victims are being healed, And people with incurable diseases are receiving healing and the dead are coming back to life. Don't you think the government of this land will show up? Of course they would. They want to come and know who be this guy? Who is that pastor who's speaking? Exactly. They want to know who is this. Scientists from all over the world will show up. The media from all over the world will show up. So that was what was happening. Now ladies and gentlemen, then, then uh, to make matters worse, Jesus put power and authority on his disciples and they went off and started doing, uh, covering more territory than Jesus had. So all of, the, all of Israel had heard the news that this guy and his followers are doing miraculous things. That was what happened. So Herod heard about it and he wanted to know who this Jesus is. Verse 10, very quickly. The disciples came back and told Jesus everything that they had done. He took them with him and they went off by themselves to a town named Bethsaida. 11. When the crowds heard about it, they followed him. He welcomed them, spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed. So, now when his disciples came back, they were tired obviously from all the journeys and whatnot. They were excited that demons were fleeing at their presence. They were excited that they were laying hands on people and they were being healed. Can you imagine Peter, a fisherman, who grew up spending his life at the Sudden Sea, now becomes a doctor all of a sudden. That he can lay his hands on somebody and say, be healed, and the person got healed immediately. Can you imagine how excited Peter was? No med school. Exactly, no med school. Hashtag no med school. Think about that. Okay, so now I'm uh, 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 um, glory to God. We, we, we have Dr. Bumi in who, who has spent uh, half of his life in med school, you know, learning to be a doctor. And all of a sudden, here comes Peter the fisherman, <laughs> smelly Peter. Okay, who smells like fish. So, so whilst Brother Bumi is still trying to figure out, right, okay, we might want to check his temperature and maybe give him that to eat and, you know, check him for pain, Peter shows up and just places his hand on, on the sick person's chest and says, be healed in the name of my master Jesus. And boom, the, the sick person gets up. I'm sure that even Brother Bumi wants to become a student immediately. Hallelujah. Can you think of Matthew, the tax collector? And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they, he- they were just touching people. And they, and they were healing people. And demonic people saw them and uh, 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 started shouting. And people were healed of, the, of demonic oppression. Can you imagine? These common men were, were performing these great signs. So when they came back to Jesus, they were excited. They were jumping up. Look at, look at that... Um, in verse 11, no, I beg up in verse 10. When the apostles came back, they told Jesus everything and they are done. The book, um, uh, they were jumping up, they were excited, saying, guess what? Even the dead, even the blind, even the sick, we were healing them. But then Jesus took them away, out of the crowd. He took them away from the fame. Ladies and gentlemen, they had only just tasted the power of God. The first thing Jesus did was take them away. If you remember when Jesus started his ministry, the Bible says that after Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, when he came up, the Spirit of God came on Jesus. Remember, the heavens opened and God spoke over him. And the very next chapter says Jesus was led into the wilderness. He was taken away for 40 days and 40 nights. Ladies and gentlemen, what about John the Baptist? When John the Baptist started his ministry, the Bible says that he was led into the wilderness for several years. Why does God take people, why does God inspire people through his spirit? That once they just receive the spirit of God, they say need to take them away, to sp- take them away a little bit so that the fame doesn't get to them. Because it's very easy to lose focus to lose sight of what's actually going on and embrace the fame. Uh, let's look at that a bit more. In verse, in verse 11, I think up, still, but yes, uh, verse 10, He took them with him, and they went off by themselves to a town named Bethsaida. When the crowds heard about it, they followed him. He welcomed them, spoke to them, about the kingdom of God and heal them. Notice that Jesus didn't tell his disciples to heal the crowd. Jesus did all the healing himself after his disciples came back. He wanted to keep them uh, protected at this time. Verse 12, when the sun was beginning to set, the twelve disciples then came to Jesus and said, send the people away so that they can go to the villages and the farms around here and find food and lodging because this is a lonely place. They were in the middle of the desert of the Middle East. But but, but look at what Jesus says to them in verse 13. Jesus said to them, You yourselves give them something to eat. Why would Jesus tell them to do that? Because he had already given them the power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He had already endowed them with power. He had already given them authority to do stuff. So verse 13, they answered, All we have are five loaves and two fish. Do you want us to go and buy food for this whole crowd? There were about 5,000 men there. Jesus said to his disciples, Make the people sit down in groups of 50 each. So, whilst Jesus was telling them, you do something about it, you already have the power, his disciples were thinking in the physical. They said, hold on a second, we only have five loaves and two fish, a little boy's lunch. That's all that we have. We can't feed 5,000 men, not to count the women and children, with this. Ladies and gentlemen, Whilst Jesus was spiritually focused, he was thinking of the things of the spirit, his disciples were thinking of the things of the physical. They, could, they did not understand what Christ was saying to them. So Jesus then told them, get everybody to sit down in groups of 50. And let's see what happens next. Verse 15. After the disciples had done so, Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, thanked God for them, broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. Verse 17. They all ate and had enough, and the disciples took up twelve baskets of what was left over. Hallelujah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we're going to park it here tonight. Now, but there's something I want to uh, dig out of here very quickly for the next couple of minutes before we round this up. And that's the fact that to his disciples... They didn't have enough. The resource that they had was nothing compared to the need. Can anybody relate to that? Have you ever found yourself in a situation whereby the resource you have and your need are not on par with each other? You have very little, but the need is great. You are, you, 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 your mortgage is due and you look in your bank account and all you have is 50 pounds. And you still need to do shopping for the family that month. And your light bill is due and your gas bill is due. And all you've got is 50 pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, that can be likened to the situation. That there was a great need. There were 5,000 hungry men. And the only resource that was available, the only food that was available in the desert where they were, was five loaves and two fish. A little boy's lunch. Pack lunch for a, teen, uh, for a kid. Ladies and gentlemen, but, but what I want us to pull out of this is what Jesus did. Now let's let's take a closer look at that because there's because there's a lesson to learn here. Verse 15. So it's verse 16. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, thanked God for them, broke them, and gave them to his disciples to distribute. So Jesus took the, uh, took the resource that was available, he looked up to heaven. And thank God. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a great lesson here. Regardless of the size of the resource you have, look up to heaven. Don't look up to man. Don't go about running around asking people to contribute to your charity so you can meet your need. Look up to heaven. You see, see, David said, uh, um, where comes my help from? He said, I'll look up, I'll lift up my eyes to the hill from whence come my help. For my help comes from where? The Lord. Jesus took the resource that was available, the resource that was nothing. He lifted his eyes up to heaven, to God, in prayer. And then look at the first thing he did. He didn't complain that, oh God, what were you looking at? How did you lead me to this place whereby I'm, I'm in great need, but I've got nothing. I've got very little to meet my need. Jesus didn't start off complaining. Rather, he, he, the Bible says here in verse 16 that he looked up to heaven and then he did what? He thanked God. He thanked God that there was even 50 pounds in the account to start with. He thanked God that that there was five loaves and two fish to start with. Even Even though the resource is not enough, is nowhere enough to meet the need, Jesus thanked God for the resource. Ladies and gentlemen, before you complain about that job that you've got, that is not paying you enough, thank God for it first. Before you start complaining about the house that you live in or your car that you call um, a banger or whatever it is, thank God for it first. Your resource may not be enough. But let's follow in what Jesus did in verse 16 by thanking God for it first. Hallelujah. Then the next thing he did, verse 16, let's look at that. He thanked God for it and then he broke him. He broke it and gave it to his disciples to distribute um, to the people. Jesus thanked God for the resource and then used the resource to meet the need. And then God did what? God multiplied the resource. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, do you remember the parable of the talents that Jesus told? Remember the last guy who took his resource and said, well, I only got one silver piece anyway. One talent. What is one talent? Is no. It's nothing. One talent is not three talents or five talents. One talent is not enough for me. So what did he do? He buried it. He said, well, it's not enough. So he threw it in the ground. Ladies and gentlemen, do not, never think that your resource is too little. Never think it's too little. Thank God for it lift it up to heaven thank God and then use it to meet the need and watch God spread your two your your five loaves and two fish to meet the 5000 hungry men hallelujah and on this note ladies and gentlemen i would like us to bring today's bible study to a close. I hope somebody has has indeed been blessed tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, for the benefit of those who may have joined in whilst whilst the study was going on, this is the redeemed Christian Church of God Friends Parish, Camberwell, London, United Kingdom, Europe, Planet Earth. We love you. I hope you've been blessed tonight. I really hope you've been blessed tonight. So please, at this time, we're going to bring tonight's Bible study to a close. But please don't log off, don't jump off the line yet. If you've got a question, from anything we've learned tonight, please don't go away. Stay on the line. Stay on the line. I'm going to bring this, uh, this session to a close right now by taking the final blessing. But I will remain online so you can ask any question. And, I, and as you do so, I pray that the Spirit of God will give us wisdom from His Word to, uh, to answer every question that is posed. So ladies and gentlemen, on this note, let's come together as we take the final blessing. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you. For this opportunity to study your word. We thank you for teaching us your word. Thank you for speaking to our hearts from your word. We give you glory Lord. As we've learned tonight. Help us to trust in you. When you tell us to go. Help us to walk boldly. Into the unknown. Help us to venture into the unknown Father. Without a satch. Without food. Without a spare shirt. Trusting that you will make a way for us as you do in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us to remember not to be disgruntled about how much we have or how little we have, but to always be thankful and to always remember to give all that we have to you that you may multiply it and that our our needs may be met and your name be glorified. Father Lord, we pray tonight that give us the grace to arise and go forth and preach the gospel and tell people about you. Give us the boldness, Lord, to lay hands on those that are ill in your name and pray for them that you, O God, may heal them. Lord, we want to thank you again for this opportunity of giving us a study of the word. As we venture out into the rest of this week, Lord, go with us. Bless the works of our hands and order our steps. and Let it be well of us in all that we do and everywhere that we go. Father, this is our prayer and we make it together by faith. In Jesus' name, Amen. Men, Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Let's try that one more time. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been an honor and a pleasure taking you through the word of God today. I really hope somebody was blessed tonight. I hope you heard the word that, would en- that has encouraged you to forge ahead into this year, 2017, trusting that the Lord is with you. I wanted to remember that Jesus said that, that he will be with us always, even to the end of time. If you, think, if you ever think that you are alone, can I say to you that that is the lie of the devil? That the journey you are on, you are not alone. I promise you that. I give you my word, you are not alone. Because Jesus gave his word that he is with us and he will be with us always. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an honor taking you to the word of God tonight. So I want to say good night to everybody and God bless you. Go in the peace of the Lord. And may the God of Israel, our God and King, go with you. Grant you favor. Above all, grant you the desires of your heart. In Jesus' name. Good night, everybody. I love you all. And bye for now. Please, if you have a question, stay on the line. Don't go away. Stay on the line. And I'll be here. But for everybody else, it's good night. Love you all. See you next Wednesday. God bless you. Bye for now, everybody. Bye-bye. God bless you. Bye.